Come Holy Spirit. And kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and speak through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. Who picked that out? It's good to be Rector. I often overrule Keith. Just because he's got other things on his mind. And I thought, oh, I really want to hear this one today. So, yeah, thanks for playing along. Thanks for singing. You blessed me in that. Good choice. Yeah, really good. Um, did any sleep last night or your neighbor shooting off those fireworks and ruining your sleep and making your dogs go crazy? No? Not yet? Oh, uh, should have been at my house. <laughs> yeah, hi, good morning. Yeah, happy 4th of July weekend and weekend. Hope your festivities and your gathering friends are a wonderful, wonderful blessing to you and to others. Um, you know, when, when we read Paul's letters... Right, those, those epistles of Paul, um, always keep in mind that he's talking to real people. That although he does the theological work, a lot of what he is talking about, he's actually talking to a real community and real people and the real problems they have. When he, when he has to remind them things like, you know, love your neighbor, what does that tell you they're not doing? <laughs> not loving their neighbor. When he tells them that there are all these things that they shouldn't be doing, what, what does that tell you they're doing? They're doing the things they shouldn't, right? You know, and, and when he's reading off these things like fornication, licentiousness, carousing drunkenness, and things like those, I'm going, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> I know what those are. I can, I can extend the list out a little bit, right? Don't, don't do those things, but, but those of you who have been buried with Christ, raised with Christ, new creation, blessed by the Holy Spirit, you should show those fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, kindness. Those should be the kinds of things that we see. He's talking to a faith community. He's telling them this is what we should see here. Right? You've been given this freedom. Right? You've been given this freedom. Freedom for, you know, no more fear of your future, no more fear of, of, of your security. Everything has been given to you. Now, now live as free people, people who don't have to argue with each other. But yet he says in there, you know, be careful when you bite each other and devour each other. And he's not actually talking about like, you know, it's not like cannibalism broke out. He's not talking about that. Um, it's actually referencing those, those words that, that, that people speak that are really hateful words, that hurt people, that tear their hearts open, that kind of bitter, kind of arguing with each other. That's what he means when he says, be careful when you bite and devour each other. Because you can ruin each other in that. And you can ruin yourself. And you can destroy this community that has been blessed with the gift of new life and blessed with the presence of the Holy Spirit to live as people who love their neighbor as God calls them to love their neighbor. But we forget that. So we need this wonderful reminder from Paul about who we are supposed to be. And there was a woman who had this really expensive um, Volvo, really, really nice top of the line Volvo. You ever been to like you know the mall at Christmas time and and you know it's like all the spaces except way out there in another area code, every close by space is taken. 
But you see people coming and going, and, and so you, you know, some people start orbiting, right? Driving up and down the aisles, spying, you see one over there, oh, I think somebody's pulling out, somebody just got in their car, and you, and you go around, and sometimes people will just wait, right? Because sooner or later, somebody in those first five prime spaces, they'll come out, and some people would rather just wait, than park half a mile away and walk. So there's this woman that had this, you know, she was in a really nice automobile, this wonderful Volvo, and she's sitting there waiting, and, and finally, somebody pulls out. Do you know what happens sometimes? You see somebody else coming. And they're coming from the way where they've got the angle on you. <laughs> and you've been waiting for like 15 minutes for this, and somebody's going to, you're going, oh no, don't tell me. Because they know they shouldn't do it. But what do they do? They pull in front of you, right? So there was this young guy in this hopped up little sports car. You know, took, took something like a, a, a Honda Civic, right? And jazzed it up. One of those old cars that makes that kind of zooming noise. <coughs> and he slicked it up, and it's a real fast little speedster and a small car. And there she is waiting in her luxury Volvo to see this young kid dash in front of her and steal her space. She's going, this generation. She probably said something else. <laughs> but she decided to say something. A lot of us would just go, oh, whatever, you know, I can't believe somebody, well, I can't believe somebody did that. Let me just go on. So she put her window down and said, um, what, do you, what do you think you're doing? And he says, well, I'm young and I'm quick. <laughs> I'm young and I'm quick. Wow. So that's how you use the gift of being young and the gift of being quick. You use it to abuse other people. Use it to abuse other people. See, I think Paul was trying to tell his community, you've been gifted. You've been gifted with this freedom, but don't use this freedom for, for abusing other people. Use this freedom you have knowing that you've been freed. You're free to do what, what God wants you to do. Don't be fearful. Love each other. Love each other. You've been free. So people use that guy, you know, I'm young and I'm quick. Ha ha, too bad for you. Okay? I know what my kids might have said years ago about something to be you. Okay? Don't look like there, right? Too bad to be you. Only a different word. Well, he's walking towards the store. And he gets he gets a little bit weight, you know, down toward the store, and he hears this crash. He doesn't pay attention to it. He just keeps walking. Then he hears this crash again. A loud smashing noise. <laughs> then the third time, he finally turns around and looks, and it's the woman in the Volvo who's crushing his car. <laughs> She's taking her Volvo and just ramming his little car. And this is this is prized possession. He has worked so hard and saved up all his money from his McDonald's job for this neat little car. And she's just destroying it. Remember what he said? I'm young and I'm quick. And he goes, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm old and I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. I got the gift of years and the gift of wealth. And I'm going to use it against you. I'm going to use it against you. And Paul is trying to remind us that we've been gifted, right? And we should use those gifts. <coughs> He's talking to real people. He's talking to the real concerns of the real things that he sees in this community, and obviously they're not getting along. Obviously they're not. Because he points out that they're arguing with each other. 
and they're saying really hurtful, condemning things. And he warns them that will destroy you, not just the other person, and it will destroy your community. It will destroy your community. And you're not called to that. You're called to be people of peace and mercy, compassion and love, and love God and love your neighbor. You've been set free to love each other, not fight with each other. But we did. But we did. And if not in this community, then we fight with other people. We have harsh words. We say nasty things about each other. We dismiss each other as libtard, snowflake, deplorable. We're moving into political season, aren't we? You ready? Okay. All right. Got to be careful, right? Got to be careful. Just remember who you are. Right? Remember who you are. So there's a, a story of a monastic community. And, you know, in, in monastic communities, you know, um, small things like, you know, Brother Philip slept five minutes late this morning. <laughs> That's a big thing for them because they're so kind of conformist that small things can be really big things. Well, I don't know what this one, what this one monastic did, but they had to call together the whole community because this person had committed some violation. And the abbot called them all together and said, we're going we're to come together, we're going to hear the charges against this, this brother of ours, and, and we're going to decide what discipline is necessary against, against this brother. So they're all there except for, you know, one of the other brothers, Brother Joseph, did not show up for it. Well, you can't have this, right? Brother Joseph had to be there too to hear the charges and us collectively decide, you know, what we do, you know, to judge and condemn this person for their awful deed, whatever it was. They finally found him. Oh, Brother Joseph, you're supposed to be at the communal gathering to hear the charges against our brethren and to decide what punishment they should receive. And, and he goes, I'm not going. I'm going. You have to go. No, I really don't want to. Well, it's not a matter of whether you want to. You really have to be there as a member of the community. Because okay, well, give, give me just a moment. I'll, 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 I'll be there. I'll be there. This is to help us think about these situations where there's somebody that's done something. So he eventually they see him coming, but he's carrying something. He's got a, he's got a jug of water. He's like going over there and grabbing that kind of water cooler thing, you know. Uh, you stick that big water thing in there and get your water out of the middle of that? Yeah. He's grabbed one of those. He's poked a hole in it. He's carrying it under his arm. He said, well, Brother Joseph, what are you doing? He goes, well, I've been asked to come and judge and condemn a man. And my sins leak out behind me and I don't even see them. See, I think when we're in these situations where somebody has done something to offend us, somebody has harsh words, before we respond in kind, before we take our ball, though, and show them who's who, maybe we need some reflection there to think about, well, what are my shortcomings? And, and why, why should I feel like I should be the judge of this person? And, and why should I not instead, because I know what I've done. If I turn around and see them, I know what I've done. And I know that in spite of that, I've been forgiven. And God loves me set me free to love others. Maybe in spite of that, I'm not saying let people get away with things, but, but to kind of think about it, sort of temper 
how you might respond, those, those biting words that seek to devour people and crush them and destroy them by saying nasty things to people, or to respond to their nastiness with nastiness of your own. To stop and think of the grace that God has shown you, regardless of who that person is and what they've done. Think about that first. Think about that first. You know, Elijah, he, he anoints this other person, Elisha, and he gives him that, that mantle, that thing that is a symbol of his authority. And, and he, he saw Elijah take that and whack the water with it and make it part. He's been given this gift. And I'm wondering, he's, he's kind of going, ooh, I wonder what else you can do with this thing. You think? What can this be used for? Can you ride on it? Right? What, what is this for? And he gets the water with it. And he's been given a gift. And this sounds okay so far, but we're in chapter 2 of, of 2 Kings, and, and in that same chapter, you read farther down in that chapter, and suddenly it's like he's forgotten how he's been blessed. Because he's walking along, and these children come along. And you think I'm follically challenged? He probably was, he, he apparently was worse. Because they started calling him Baldy. Hey, Baldy! Because children do that, don't they? Right? They see somebody's appearance and they, they, they taunt him, they taunt him. And, and Elisha is listening to these children taunt him. He's got this power from God that's supposed to be used for blessing people. And because these children taunt him, and he can't remember the blessing and who he is and what he's called to be, he calls out a curse upon them. And the text tells us two she-bears, mama bears, come out. And kill 42 children. 42 children. Because Elisha, the anointed one, had a temper tantrum. Then you think about the story that, that we hear today in the gospel. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He's going to go there, and they're passing through the Samaritan town. Now, the Samaritans had their own place of worship, so anybody going to Jerusalem was a fool. You're going to the wrong place, buddy. And if you're an apostate going to the wrong place, we're not going to help you get there. And so they didn't receive them. And then James and John cop an attitude. Jesus doesn't say, cursed are you. Hey, Father, send down some lightning and blow these people up. James and John that do that. And what's Jesus' reaction to that? Sheesh! It's <laughs> probably what he said. Haven't you learned anything? They've already heard the sermon on the plane. They've heard him talk about love your neighbor, turn the other cheek. They've heard all these things. And yet the first time they get offended. Not anything that happened to them. They're offended for him. Hey, Lord, you want us to call down some fire? Remember what Elijah did? Blew up all those prophets of Baal? We'll do the same thing. How about that? We'll show those Samaritans. <coughs> and Jesus turns and rebukes them. Because God's way is never to seek revenge. It's never to seek revenge. It's never for us to attack people. Never. 
doesn't mean you don't defend yourself, right? There's a time for that. But, but this kind of verbal attacking that has been going on, will go on, and the things that tear us apart and the things that destroy us is not God's way. It's not God's way. Remember John Rockefeller? Anybody go to school with him? <laughs> There's lots of Rockefellers. This is John D. Rockefeller, whatever the D stands for. He was the owner, the president of Standard Oil Company. He was an oil baron. Lots and lots of money. Incredibly wealthy. Well, one time in the early 1900s, um, one of his employees uh, made a mistake. Um, and cost that firm millions of dollars. Now, in today's dollars, it's probably a whole lot more than just millions, right? Actually, a very costly mistake by one of his executives. And I don't know what his personality was like, but it said that, you know, a lot of people tried to avoid him that day. You know, the boss is in a bad mood. Somebody over in the marketing department made a big boo-boo. And our stock market price dropped and we lost a lot of money. And um, people get a little bit upset about that. And so it, it said that the, you know, everybody's trying to avoid having to, um, to encounter John Rockefeller that day because they figured he was in a really, really bad mood. And if was not going to be aggressive and bite your head off or something you didn't do, would probably want to unload and vent <coughs> about this person. Well, one of his um, one, one of his former sales directors who became a, a partner in that in that business, a co-owner in that business, went to see him. And he said when he walked in, um, he was sitting at his desk and didn't say anything, so he figured, oh, he's a real bad. There's no hello or, or anything. He's, he's in a terrible mood. And he got closer and he noticed he was writing something on his desk and he's paper out. And, and, and that person, the person that made the, the multi-million dollar mistake, his name was at the top. Right? So he knew that he was writing something about that guy. And then he got closer and he, and he, and he noticed that um, John Rockefeller was writing this long list of all the good things he knew about that person. Of all the things he had done for his family and his community, all the things he had done for, for John, the, the years they had worked together, and on three occasions when he made the right decision and made way more tens of millions of dollars than was lost in this mistake. And, and that, that person who saw this said, you know, um, I learned a lesson there. I learned a lesson there. That, you know, before you go condemning someone and, and you focus on what, what they did wrong or, or, or the words they said, Stop and think for a moment about all the good things you know about them. All the good things. They're a husband, they're a wife, they're a father, they're a mother, they're somebody's child. Um, what are all the good things that you know about them? And so I think, you know, when, 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 when Paul talks about, um, you know, we find ourselves in situations where we're using... Um, language that destroys the other person. Um, if, if we remember, if we're so graced in that moment, um, the, the challenge for us today is to be the better angels that God knows us to be. To be those children of God who, who remember in those moments what we've been forgiven of. And not just what's wrong with the other person, but with what is right with them. 
Even that, it might be only that we can see them as a fellow sinner and child of God. Amen. Amen.